Hello, you're listening to Underscore, a podcast by the Chicago Graphic Design Club, dedicated to bring you conversations with Chicago's creative leaders. On this podcast, we'll explore the craft, theory, and practice of graphic design, plus discuss bold ideas that push the boundaries of what's possible and ways in which we can create a more thoughtful and inclusive community. To learn more about us, visit our website at www chicagographicdesign.club or find us on social media. Special thanks to the Chicago band 80 Slang for our theme music. Hello, today I'm speaking with Nick Haas, a Chicago-based designer, creative director, and artist. Originally from Cleveland, Ohio, Nick has been calling Chicago his home for over 20 years. In 2002, he graduated from DePaul University in Chicago with a degree in graphic design. Today, his roles are Director of Design and Products and Technology Practice at PwC, which is a large consulting firm, and he's also the founder of Hostile, his creative outlet where he produces artwork and photography for public companies and private collectors. His work has been recognized by GDUSA, Communicator Awards, W3 Awards, the Chicago Sun-Times, and the Chicago Tribune, amongst others. His artist statement is rooted in his love for everyday objects, the urban landscape, complexity, and function. And his appreciation for Chicago is very evident in his work. So everyone that's listening, I encourage you to check it out. So welcome, Nick. I'm very happy to have you here. Um, and before we get started, I'm very curious to learn a little bit about what was your introduction to graphic design? Thanks, Christian. Thank you for having me. Uh, this is going to be fun. Um, so my introduction to graphic design, um, I'd have to say that if you can count comic books as an introduction to graphic design, I guess, I think as a kid, I love to draw, I love to paint, I love to do a ton of different things, but really I think um, I started to see the medium of graphic design as it came together within comic books, right? The idea of mixing type and art and image and storytelling and all of those things uh, and together into one really fascinated. And so as I, you know, as a, as a kid really was into the idea of, of the storytelling aspect of comic books and the art aspect of comic books. Um, it really influenced me to start trying to do some of this stuff on my own. Um, and this is way back in the day before we had any you know programs or anything to work on from a computer standpoint. So, um, but that was really my first intro to that. And then over time, it just kind of grew as I got older and learned more and more about technology, more about graphic design and kind of how it worked in practice. So that would be my first, my first introduction to graphic design. And when did you actually learn about the term graphic design? And was it through a class? Was it through like, I'm very curious to just hear about once you once you recognize that this is a graphic design, this is something you could do as a career. What was that like? It's hmm. a great question. Um, so I had a really good friend growing up who was doing graphic design work at the time. I didn't really know that it was graphic design, but he started to do it. Uh, when he was in high school and he introduced me to the term graphic design. And it was really the first time I thought to myself that, huh, that sounds interesting. Maybe I could make a career out of this or something I could look into um, as something that I could do with my kind of creative outlet and, you know, what I wanted to do for a living possibly. And so that was really the first time that I really heard the term graphic design. And he showed me what he was doing and it was really kind of the, the, the beginning of you know, the idea around the computer graphics kind of coming in right back in the day and being able to use software to start to play with the with image and type and those types of things. So it really was like a foundational kind of structure around, hey, this is something that can be done. Check this out. Look what we can do uh, with this new technology. It's really interesting. And so he started to show me what those possibilities were. Now, growing up in Cleveland at the time, this was like in the 90s, dating myself here. Mm -hmm. This is in the nineties. And, you know, there really wasn't much of that type of scene within Cleveland. Right. I think as a, 
as a young kid, you were kind of looking for other people who did similar things or you had similar interests, right? But I would say you only found a handful and there wasn't really much access to it. So I think for me, it was really that point where I said, you know what, I really want to, I need to leave here. And I came to Chicago. And I think when I came to Chicago, I went to DePaul uh, and I enrolled in their, you know, their arts program, which had a graphic design discipline in it. That's when I really started to understand that, hey, I could actually really make this a career um, by being exposed to that and around all of it all the time. I saw the infrastructure that Chicago had for it here and really started to believe that this is something that I could do uh, for a living. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And if it wasn't for graphic design, was there ever any other thing that you were considering doing right when you, you know, were looking to go to college or was or, or was graphic design pretty much the, the one thing that? just felt the most right to you? I think, well, I didn't, I didn't really have any idea what I wanted to do. Um, you know, uh, when it came to coming up here, I, I think I knew I wanted to come to some place that had more of a, an exposure to, you know, different paths for career, uh, a different art scene, photography, graphic design, painting, um, you name it, like all of those things, uh, I wanted to come to see and be a part of. But I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I came up here, uh, from at least for my first year. I think I majored in political science my first year, and it was terrible. I, I think I like almost failed out my freshman year because uh, it was so it was so bad. I was like, why am I doing political science? Because uh, it was safe. It felt safe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then going into my sophomore year of college, I was encouraged by you know a handful of friends and family and folks who were like, dude, you should really you should do this, right? This is something yeah. that you should you should take a you seem to really like it. Obviously you've done it your whole life in some sort of way. Why don't you take classes and actually formalize it? So I, my sophomore year, I took one, you know, my first design class and I, that's when I fell in love with it and said, okay, this is what, this is what I'm really going to do. I, I'm going to put all my, all my efforts into doing this work. Okay. So fast forward from, you know, 2002, when you graduated, what do you, what do you do today? Cause I know that you're a director of design and products and technology group at PwC. Um, how, what, what's the relationship there between, you know, what you did, what you studied 20 years ago and also what you're doing today? Is there any, yeah, just very interested in hearing that transition go from, you know, what you were doing then to what you're doing now? From what I was doing back then, I think, you know, it was so basic for me back then. Like, I think, you know, at the time, like I look back back then and I think at the time it was super complex, right? It was really trying to learn so much and understand the, you know, not only the, the technology that was being pushed out, but also the fundamentals of graphic design and understanding, you know, how to approach design in a, you know, in a, in a, in a smart way based on design principles and foundational principles of design and things of that. It's like really learning the craft, but also learning the emerging technology that was coming around at that time. And this was like, you know, like you said, 2002 ish. And then I think over time, um, it, it, it changed in the fact that as you're working like in the industry or in the business, if you will, um, you know, going from, I've been at, you know, different agencies my whole career, um, you know, going from agency to agency, you, you start to, you obviously continue to learn the craft and you continue to learn the technology and you're kind of always adapting to what is out there and what's coming and kind of having a, a bit of like your finger on the pulse of what, what you need to be ahead of in a way, uh, to adapt correctly, I think is a, your skill sets and the way you approach your work, et cetera. But I think you, you've obviously matured, right? So as you've, as you've worked longer, you start to get more business, I would say business savvy and more savvy around management and things of that nature, at least it did for me. Um, and so I would say that the bigger difference now than, you know, from there was the technologies obviously are, are different. They're, things are much easier. I think the barrier of entries is much better. Uh, and seems a little bit less than it was for when I was coming out of school. I think the, the exposure to so much more happens earlier, which is awesome. And then I think um, the other thing is just the human factor, right? I think when I was younger, I was really focusing on the craft and really focusing on the, the, the ideas that I can bring forward to the work that I was doing. And I think as I've gotten older, I really understood the human factor that comes into play all the time when you're doing work, whether it's for clients, whether it's working internally with folks, whether it's you're managing a team, whether you're pitching an idea, like 
that whole aspect of things comes into place so much. And I think that's what I really learned over the course of, you know, 20 years of doing this is that idea that there's so much more to it than just the work that you're doing. You have to really kind of take a step back and look around and see who you're doing it for and why, and really trying to understand, um, you know, what you're trying to communicate with the work you're doing in the environment that you're in now um, and understanding the context of the past to some degree. So I think that's the difference. It's more of a a maturation and as a a bit more of an understanding of the world you're living in is different than when you came out. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Because because I've seen I've seen you work. I've worked with you, and I think one of the things that I've always really appreciated about you and, and and respect is that you you've almost like mastered the the craft of communicating the value of design to non designers. And I think typically when someone when for instance when I graduated, it took me at least you know a couple of years to actually get comfortable with discussing the rationale behind like design decisions and also just providing stakeholders and other people that are non-designers an understanding of why design matters. So I think that's, I mean, when I hear you talk, like, I think that's also another thing that you're also saying. And then, um, and then also something else that I've, that I've, that I've seen you do really, really well is that you, you sort of, you're, you're able to see the big picture of how design fits within, you know, business. And I think that's another thing that, um, that I see in myself um slowly like learn over time is just the the big question of like how does design fit within this big large spectrum of all these other things that are going on within a client within an organization industry sector whatever um so yeah it's nice hearing you say this because i i totally agree and then and then i will also add to that is that you do um as director of design my understanding is that you also help empower people to do their job really well. So you're not more, you're, you're not really on the ground anymore, like actually executing the work, but you're more so overseeing other people do that. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. hundred percent. Okay. I, I think, um, yeah. And I think I, it's, and I think I, I love it. You know, I think it's a kind of, we talk about that, that change process over time. I think like for me, that's like a, something I really enjoy um, is being able to, I really think about it as like knocking down walls and really being kind of that, I don't know, that a bit of that stopgap for the team. So the team can really do the best work they came in to do, right? And really focus on doing that work and then allowing um, you know, themselves to be free within that space. And then I can then, you know, be the kind of person who's able to buffer that. So I can kind of help knock down those walls so they're free to do that work and then work with them and with the client and or whomever else. Um, to ensure that things are being communicated the way that we feel is necessary. And then kind of, like you said, kind of communicating design to non kind of designers, like really thinking about the right approach for communicating that work to them. So the intent of what we are trying to, to create really comes out in the conversation that we're having with the client. So um, the empowerment factor is really, really important to me. Um, and I think, you know, I've had some really great mentors who've done that for me. So they taught me that. And so it was something that I've leveraged and used and said, Hey, that's, I feel that's really fundamental to managing a team and allowing people to kind of do their best work they could possibly do as a leader. You have to kind of step in there and, you know, somewhat take those bullets a little bit for them and Mm -hmm. kind of push the client in certain ways and also kind of allow them not to get in the headspace where they start to question the decisions they're making from a design perspective, um, Mm -hmm. allow them to be free and work as they need to work. Um, and push and push things out of the way for them. Okay. So you're, so you're doing this, this is your, this is your nine to five. This is what you do for, for a living. But in addition to that, you also have your own, your own, your own company hostile. And and that's where you sort of, that's your creative outlet where you sort of explore photography artwork. Um, so is there, I'm, I'm interested in just hearing a little bit about what the relationship is like between you know, working in a corporate setting and then also having this other practice that's a little bit more experimental, a little bit more loose and maybe a little bit more just, I don't know, like spontaneous. Um, do they, are, are those two practices, do you see them in conversation with one another? Do they influence each other? Or is there just like a hard, you know, a hard gap between between the two of them? Or what's that like? So I think there are there are moments where they, they complement each other. And then there's moments where they're completely, completely different. Right. 
I think where they're common is in the idea around you're making work for, um, you know, yourself to some degree, but you're making work oftentimes when you are hired by a client, right. To make that work and run a business and think about how you, um, you know, approach a project that you would be working on, et cetera. Like those things are kind of work together in, in, in conjunction, right. Cause there's, there's things that you take from one and the other that kind of help each other out as you're approaching it. But I think the way that I would, you know, execute the work and do the work is completely different. The, the artwork, uh, my business side uh, from the artwork is, is really for me to be much more freeform, right? Uh, I started it simply as a sort of a reaction to way back in the day to the, the kind of the corporate work that I was doing when I started out. Um, I felt like I needed a little bit more. So I just decided to say to myself, it was just something that I was like, I just want to experiment and, and play a bit more freely without kind of the rules and constrictions of a brief or, um, you know, a, a kind of a client assignment, but being able to just kind of say like, I'm going to do whatever I want to do uh, in my own way and just have fun with it. And it gave me a satisfaction of like just being able to create and um, just kind of art therapy, if you will, right? Like being able just to, to do something uh, and kind of nurture that other side of me that I feel needed to be, you know, fulfilled. Um, so I think those are the two, I think those are, that's kind of the split, but in the, in the middle where they connect is that kind of a business side of things where you, you have to engage with folks and those you can learn from both for not only like your, the, the work you're doing during the day at a nine to five, if you will, but also on the side too. Yeah. Cause you're still engaging with clients through your, Correct. You know, your, your artwork practice. Okay. So tell me a little bit about just the inspiration behind, behind your artwork. Cause I, I, I've. I see it and I've actually gone out to take photographs with you. And I would say that you and I sort of have the similar eye for the type of subject matter that we both like. Um, so I'm very just, I, I wanna hear you talk about um, just the inspiration. You do a lot of Chicago urban landscapes. Um, you particularly focus on um, like industrial areas. You, you focus on things that are often overlooked so where did that inspiration come from and what drives that, you know, that type of work to be created? So that inspiration comes from where I grew up uh, in Cleveland, Ohio. I think, um, you know, Cleveland, where I, when I grew up was, uh, you know, pretty, pretty, uh, in the, you know, post-industrial city in a way, um, you know, in the eighties and nineties, a lot of the industry had left, uh, from like the seventies, right. The steel industry, as well as manufacturing industries in the city actually went bankrupt in the seventies. So it was, it was falling on pretty hard times. And I think if, if you think a lot of the kind of the Midwest rust belt cities, if you will, they kind of hit that wall at some point. Right. And then they had to kind of fight their way out of it and reinvent themselves to some degree. So I think, you know, when I grew up, Cleveland was in that mode of kind of rediscovering itself. And so for me, being around that environment all the time was always really fascinating to me because I think you always heard stories of a city before your time that was growing and, you know, had a lot of promise. And then, you know, when the, the economy, uh, you know, tanked and they, the city went bankrupt so much, so many things left and so many lives were affected by that. So for me, it was really part of just being exposed to those types of things in my environment all of the time. And so I think one of the reasons why I really started to pick up this, this appreciation for the urban environment and, and kind of the way that things were to where they're going and kind of capturing those moments of evolution, I think really came from, from that mindset of what was and capturing that and then trying to showcase that in a way that is uh, you know beautiful, if you will, right? I mean, everybody... I think about this a lot, like, you know, you go over bridges or you go through, um, you know, you go into buildings where you work or you, you know, are on roads that you drive, but, you know, somebody had to design those roads, somebody you know, made probably a rendering of those roads or bridges or buildings, um, you know, people worked in those places, um, you know, and some of them are incredibly beautiful, but oftentimes they, you know, really go unnoticed because you're just using them every day. And so I think for me growing up in Cleveland, I saw a lot of that and it just really captured me so much to try to understand it and kind of show its beauty in some way. Um, and so that's kind of what led me to 
the inspiration of doing the work. And then it really wasn't until I got to Chicago when I started to really explore that, right? Chicago is, is amazing. And it has so much of that type of transition and, you know, neighborhoods that are old, neighborhoods that are new, you know, a kind of desolate industrial areas, like things that you can just go out and find textures and, you know, architecture that you are so, you know, impressed with in a way that is just in an alley that nobody else sees. It's just pretty fascinating stuff. And so I think it's a lot of that celebration for me, just to see those things, take those pictures, those things and try to put them into light where people would look at them in a different way and be like, huh, I never thought about that particular structure that way, but now I do. And it's a totally different dimension that gets added to it and celebrates, you know, the life that that particular city object had, if you will, um, you know, and maybe it still has, um, you know, it kind of takes it out and puts it in a different light. If that makes sense. Oh yeah, that makes sense. And I, and I've, and I definitely agree because the one time that you and I went shooting together, um, there are moments in the city that it's almost like they're, they, they, they essentially they're magical places. And especially when there's no one around and mm-hmm. you're just standing there and there's just like this shopping cart in the mi- middle of an alley and nothing else. Like it's quiet. It just, I don't know. It, it's, it's so interesting. And I think people need to experience it for themselves. And I think, I think you do a great job at just like, communicating that through the photography um but i also think like there's just a magic to of being in those environments and spaces so i really like that um so what parts of chicago for for anyone that's listening like um that is from chicago like what what are your favorite locations to shoot at in chicago Hmm. there's there's a, a handful i think um yeah i really like shooting um on the like on the west side, I would say west of Damon, um, and like Fulton Market area. So that's still pretty industrial, and you can continue to go past Western over there, and you can kind of walk around, and there's all kinds of different things that you can find there that are just really fascinating. Um, and to your point, it's usually really empty, and you can walk around, and it's still it's still um, you know has a lot of what we were just talking about there. Um, there's also some places over on. Uh, a little bit south, like the, the south side of the city. Um, if you think about like Cermak Road and like 18th Street and those areas over there are really fascinating. There's a ton of stuff over there that you can capture that's really, really cool. Um, and it's and I think part of those neighborhoods are fun because you can explore and nobody's really, nobody's really bothering you. You know, you can you can kind of walk around and, and you know, maybe climb a fence or kind of work your way through something. And, you know, you're not really going to get, uh, you know, really, you're not really going to get in too much trouble for it, I guess. Um, but I think it's that exploration too. That's really fun. You can kind of walk around and really explore and find things. And I think that discovery is really important. Um, and I also think that the time of day you go is really important, especially in a city like Chicago, which can be very busy. Yeah. You can go early, you can go early in the mornings on like a Sunday. Um, you know, those places are usually dead and you can get all kinds of stuff because there's nobody around. There's no cars around. There's no trucks around. There's like you said, it's very silent. You can just kind of enjoy kind of walking around um, and taking photos and really kind of immerse yourself into the experience of doing that. And um, it's really fun. Yeah. I like that you said it because it, it, it is a process of discovery. And I almost feel like as you're walking through it, through those locations, it's almost like you're, you're, you're opening, like you, you have your map with you and it's almost like you're, you're discovering new territories and like you're discovering like it's it's it feels like you're an explorer essentially <laughs> and you're yeah. looking at things for the first time um so i like that um and then what so one thing that i always like to ask our guest is um what does creativity mean to you because i know it means something slightly different to everyone what does it mean to you one of the reasons why i ask this is because often um designers and creatives are almost um they're almost positioned like on a pedestal and, and for instance, within, within a, a company organization industry, um, designers tend to be like their own specialty. Like it's, it's a, it's a separate discipline. And one of the things that I always, that one of the things that I believe is that everyone is creative and everyone has like the opportunity to like create and make things. So that's something I, 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 I try to recognize. So, how do you, how do you see, how, how, or, or maybe a better question is like, how has, how, how have you seen the, the term of a creative shift over time? And yeah, just, just, is there anything there? Uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I think first of all, I, I, 
I tend to share your philosophical view on that, right? That um, creativity does exist uh, in most everybody. And, you know, you can, depends how much you can pull it out or, you know, it depends on what it is, but, you know, creativity exists in a variety of ways. I don't think it's just specific to a creative right person or a, a creative, um, you know, kind of pursuit, if you will. I think there's a lot of different ways that you can categorize that and um, see it come to life uh, across, you know, so many different things. I think to your question of around the, the industry and, you know, the, the word creative. I mean, when I, when I came out, you know, 20 some years ago, I think the, the idea of creative was pretty, I mean, it was broad, but then you had specific disciplines underneath it. So it was either like you were in, and somewhat to this day, similarly, but you were either in like heavy and brand, or you were like doing like web design work, or you were, you know, focusing in on like exhibit stuff, or you were doing really experimental stuff. And I think, I think some of that still exists, but I think as, as I think as it's changed over time is that with the access to so much more around um, technology and the understanding of being able to get more information faster and expose the things around social media and the idea of um, you know being 11, 12 years old and looking at art that you know, from hundreds of people that are making it or understanding how to do a tutorial on coding, you know, like it's the, the access to information is so much greater that I think the role has become much more blended than when I was, when I was coming out, I think you have your specialties, right. But I also think too, that you can find people who do a lot of different things and it's almost like somewhat expected to some degree, mm -hmm. but it's not like looked at as like uh, different or, or, a problem at all. It's, it's more of a, you know, obviously everybody's embracing that. I think that is something that for me has changed me think about like a, like a creative individual it was creative was almost back in the day structured and had some specific specialties to it. And I think there's still specialties, but I think everybody, most of the I know and work with does so much more than what they do every day. And then there's so much more beyond that that's out there that, um, you know, that they can bring to the table or anybody can bring to the table and we're exposed to that influences everything that we do these days. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause that's, uh, cause I've definitely, I, I, it, yeah, it's very obvious that access to things like online courses, YouTube tutorials, like even I, I've seen some people do um, design how to's on TikTok. So mm -hmm. it's every, everything is just much more accessible now. And I know that there's some criticism around that of just like the fact that, I mean, this is not my opinion, but I've heard people say that, um, just this access to like more technology and just making design tools more accessible is sort of like diluting our practice because today, like almost anyone could call themselves a designer. So as someone like yourself, that's, you know, leading teams and someone that is working, you know, in, in the space of business, um, how does, is that, is any of that like visible or like evidence? Um, have you noticed any shift in the quality of design or, just the way that designers are, you know, communicating like their skills and, and, and tools and all that, or yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, definitely. I think, um, I think what's, what's pretty cool is that now I think people have a variety of avenues that they can kind of discover design and try to make a career out of it. Uh, and it's more accessible. Like I think about, like the, you know, the, the UX schools that folks go to now, right. Um, you know, when I was coming out, it was like, you went to you know a college or a, you know, some sort of extended school to learn the practice and whatnot. Now you have, um, you know, UX schools where you can do boot camps and things and learn user experience work and you know, start to get your kind of taste in the industry that way. And then, you know, kind of continue to work towards the craft of becoming a, a, a good UX or a good designer or whatnot. Right. Um, so I think the, the, what's cool is the access to it, right? I think it's, it's great that people can have more exposure and be able to see a possibility if this is a career for them. Now, I think the flip side of that is because it's more accessible, it does mean that, um, you know, it, you get a lot more stuff from people mm -hmm. that I don't, you know, I think from a quality perspective, I think, you know, there's some out there that's amazing quality. And then there's some that may not be, but I think that's, it's always going to be that way. Right. And I think it's just how the environment changes and folks kind of, um, 
you know, have an inclination for doing what they're doing or not. I think, I think it, I think it's definitely something that is, if I'm leading a team and I'm looking at the work that's coming through, I think you find some work that's great and you find some work that may be, isn't that great. However, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think part of it is the system with which we're working in. So while it's great that all the people have that exposure at the same time, to your point, like if they're not really getting the right teaching or the right fundamentals, or they're not really being pushed in the right way, um, sometimes it's really hard, but I think it also depends on like the practice they're going into because like something like user experience can be a little very different than like going into like branding, right. Or whatever. And a lot of times people have, you know, kind of transferable skills to some degree, but also some people are very specific to those, those types of work. And so what you're looking for in a UX or you're going to be looking for possibly differently in a branding more, you know, somebody who's doing kind of traditional, more traditional graphic design work. Right. So I don't know. I think, I think it's good. I think it's, I think it's awesome that people are exposed to it, but I also think too, that just like beforehand or just like any time that we've been doing this, it's going to be good. It's going to be bad. It's going to be in the middle. And I think part of it is, you know, how do you find the right balance of people to bring in to coach, to build up, and then also to allow them to have that space to create work, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I, feel so, like I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm running on here. <laughs> I'm no, like, so, like, ah, yeah. So, so, no, that makes sense. So, so what are some of the things that you look for? Like, let's say when you're hiring or when you're, you know, looking for, you know, to build a team, are there any specific qualities that you look for in a person? Let's say someone that is fresh out of college or maybe someone that has some years of experience. Um, how, and, and how has that shifted over time? have the requirements um, changed? Are you more looking for like specifics or more broad? Um, so for me, it's definitely, a, there's definitely a few things. I think one is um, really like, so, so in my role, uh, the work we do is all product design. So we're looking for folks who have a background in product design, um, who understand um, how to design for, let's say, different mediums within a product design space. But fundamentally, like we look at folks who have strong layout capabilities, understand the relationship between, you know, typography, color, space, um, and understand how to communicate that, not only uh, as a collective on a screen, but also as a person talking about their work. I think those are like two things that are really important to us is you know really trying to make sure that that person can not only do the work, but also, and do it well, but also they can talk about it and they can communicate their intent behind the work. Because if you have both of those, for at least for our, our, you know, our purposes at PwC, I think if you have both of those, what really happens is, um, you know, you can be in a position where you can really have a great impact on the work that's being done. And it allows for that collaboration across the teams in a really, really good way because, um, you know, people are open, people are talking, you're able to deliver good work. Like, I think those things are what we really look for in a lot of ways. Um, but at the same time, I think there's also specialty areas, right? Like if somebody is really, really, really good at, um, you know, user experience work, usability testing, understanding how to do user research, really digging deep on the capabilities and like the, the market of the product that we're doing the work for and bringing that information back and then being able to understand it and then design for it. Like those types of things are also really critical. So I think it depends on the role, but I think those are some of the things we'll look for when we're bringing people into the team is, you know, that fundamental strong design layout understanding of those components and how they work together, you know, being able to really articulate, the reason behind their work and communicate why they're doing what they're doing uh, to, you know, people. And then lastly, really trying to understand, you know, the, the, the user environment that they're going to be working in, um, what problem they're trying to solve and the influence that goes into that. So the problem they're solving is the right problem, um, you know, and all those other things kind of fall into place after that. Yeah, I remember you, you used the metaphor once with me, and, and I believe it was something along the lines of, when you're presenting your work, um, it's it's almost think about it as if you're showing someone a house and you don't want to say, you know, this is a door and these are the windows. 
but you you want to explain like why the door is there and like why the windows are there do, do you remember that i yeah I, yeah yeah i remember it's that. like it's like the yeah it's the uh it's like i, I think I, I read that somewhere probably at some point but it was like don't give them the you know don't give them the house the real estate house tour yeah of your of your work don't just go in and go hey look here's the <laughs> here's the header here's the image here's the layout like people can see that it's a door it's header it's an image it's a layout but explain the intent of why that's yeah. there and the structure and why it's painted the way it's painted and why the walls are the way they are and why the flow of the house makes the most sense and it get excited about it versus yeah i can see that it's a wall so <laughs> yeah. what you know what i mean yeah yeah I, I still come back to that all the time and i actually i i use it um when i'm also like mentoring or like working with someone junior to me so thank you for that um so what are what are some of the things that you're really excited about right now just happening within design um i know i know there's a lot of people are talking about like things like the metaverse um like new technologies is there anything specific that really really excites you today and that you're looking forward to hmm. i think or, or maybe oh, something or maybe something that you're not looking forward to and you just can't stand <laughs> <laughs> That might be an easier question. <laughs> might be an easier question. Um, no, I think, I mean, I'm looking forward to, you know, all the possibilities within the, within things like the metaverse and, um, you know, under really NFTs and web 3.0 and all the things that are kind of all occurring right now. I think it's really interesting. Uh, you know, everybody's trying to get into the space, really trying to understand the space. How do you work within the space? How do you monetize the space? You know, all of those things are, are really fascinating to me. Um, and I think it's pretty cool to see, um, you know, that come to life. I think what's really interesting is, you know, me being, you know, obviously been in the industry for a long time and kind of seeing this come around and seeing, you know, a handful of other things happen. This is like going to be a fundamental shift for the way that, you know, everybody works. But I think it's really going to be something that not necessarily like, obviously, you know, my generation's going to have to embrace, but at the same time, like Mike, I have two kids and they have been in the metaverse doing things for, I don't know how many years now on their iPads and the games that they play and things of that nature. So it's almost second nature to them to be in this space doing these things. So I think like, we don't really, really know hundred percent what it's going to look like right now. Um, in a couple of years, I think it's be very, very different. Um, but I think it's fascinating to be a part of, and it's a fascinating time to kind of understand it. Now, I also think on the flip side of it, I think it can also be uh, a bit, I don't know, how do I say it? Like you can get a little, like some exhaustion from constantly reading about it, talking about it, hearing about it. And like every new thing that comes out all the time is like the best thing and you got to go after it and all this stuff. Like, yeah, ugh, like it can be like, like a lot. So I think part of it too is finding the right balance between like, you know, the the yeah it's cool it's interesting and it's going to be fascinating it's going to change the landscape but at the same time like how are you know it's okay to take a little bit of a pace into it to understand yeah. it and see its value versus like just feeling overwhelmed by the fact that so much is happening and how do i get into it what do i do you know like yeah. it's it's like the you know good work and good intents and all that stuff will always kind of rise uh, if mm -hmm. you will but we all just are kind of playing in the space, which we don't really know much about yet. And uh, it's really, it'll be really interesting to see where it goes. Yeah. I know. I, I know just from my opinion, I'm, I'm not really, I'm not looking forward to, to any of that, um, <laughs> but, but we, but we have to embrace it. And I think I really appreciate the fact that you're actually like your, the artwork that you're creating, like you're going out into the world and you're creating it in, in a 3d space and you're using a camera and you're printing these things and like you could touch them and stuff and and to me that's what i'm afraid that's going to get lost at, at a certain point because i've already seen um there's ver there's things like virtual galleries for instance yeah right. and and i mean there, there's nfts and i recognize the value of nfts and i think they're a great thing but i also think that we can't necessarily um just shift all our attention to to the virtual or to the digital when there's so much of the physical that we've yet yeah. to like figure out and, and explore and like really really understand. So I don't know. Like I, every every time someone asks me like how I feel about the metaverse, my response is always like, I'll get to the metaverse once I figure out like the real 
universe, like the physical world, <laughs> the like, real verse. Yeah. Like I just, I, I don't yeah. know. Like I just I get men- mentally, I don't have the bandwidth to, to even consider um, engaging in those spaces, at least, no, at least I, right now. I, I think that makes, I mean, it's totally understandable. I think, um, you know, I, I, I often, I feel that way too, to some degree. Right. I think, I mean, listen, man, I think part of it is like, like anything, the extremes get a lot of noise, right? So you got the extreme on one side, it's like, everybody's got to do it. This is this. And then the other side of people are like, ah, this is crazy. I don't want to be a part of it. It's usually falls somewhere in the middle. And I think, you know, our industry specifically in the technology industries and stuff, obviously are, are super jacked by this, but like, I don't know. I think people in the, you know, waste management industry probably don't even care. I mean, maybe they do, but you know, mm-hmm. there's a, I think somebody's got to look outside ourselves a bit and look yeah. around and kind of say like, Hey, like to your point, there's a lot of other people in the world doing a lot of other things with, mm-hmm. you know, a lot bigger problems than yeah. this. And so like, how do we solve for those things or how do we, yeah, how do we engage in a community that way to be able to make those problems better versus, um, you know, trying to, you know, solve problems in this virtual space, but maybe you can use this virtual space to solve some of those problems. I think that's where the interesting line for me connects is how does, how does this space itself create opportunity for, the physical mm-hmm. in some way how do you does it you know how does it allow access to more for folks to have more access to the internet in neighborhoods where they don't really have access to internet and be able to do things with it or does it allow for an immersion in a way differently and yeah. you know across countries especially with like bitcoin and things of that nature um you know and crypto and things where it's like you can use that now to purchase goods where you know uh, money in certain countries is like the you know the the their their money system is not really stable, but mm-hmm. through crypto, it can become more stable. So like, exactly. I think there's, I think there's really, there's, there's, there's really good possibilities there. But I think to that point, I think like stepping outside of the, the middle of it and looking around and seeing the real world problems and then trying to figure out how to make those things happen within this space. I think that to me is very cool from a potential standpoint um, in that way. But I agree with you. I love the physical objects, man. Like when I print <laughs> exactly. my stuff, yeah. I, lo- I mean, I think it's because of where I, where, you know, how I grew up with like Polaroids. And yeah. All of that stuff was just like fascinating to me. And so like, I love printing my work. I love making my work. And then I print it on like aluminums and woods and different stuff. And like, yeah. I get to see how the different ink reacts with the substrate and like how mm-hmm. the effects are. And like, I don't know, there's something about that tangibility of it and like seeing it in a room with different lighting and like mm-hmm. the scale of it. So you like walk in and you're kind of immersing yourself into this piece that's really large. Like those kind of things I've always found uh, just really rewarding. And yeah. if it's not me making it, it's just being in a space with that stuff. I'm just like, wow, this is, this is really, this is great. So I don't know. I still have that affinity for that stuff and I don't think it'll ever go away. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think that it'll be interesting to see how it uh, evolves with the inclusion of all of this, uh, so much um, technology change. Yeah. Cause I, I, I have one of your artworks in my office and I would I would say in person it looks much more different than what it looks like virtual like on a screen, and I think that's one of the things that like I just really appreciate about about the physical world is that things look different under the conditions of like an ambient space that has you know sunlight, daylights, you know cloudy days, etc. So um, yeah, but yeah, it'll, it's, it'll like, be- it's like the first it's like the first time we met, Christian. Like I remember I saw a photo of you and I was like. <laughs> I'm mesmerized by you, but then I met you in person and I couldn't, you know, I was just so mesmerized. It was even more, man. So yes, I agree. I blinded you. <laughs> do you have to wear, and you have to wear sunglasses now. I, I do. I do. I do. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so, so you, so you've been in Chicago for some time and as, as the Chicago graphic design club, something that we're always thinking about, something that's always on our mind is, what are some of the gaps? What are some of the ways that we could support our community? And because because since for like almost, yeah, for 10 years now, um, I've been involved in various capacities in other organizations in Chicago, like STA, like AIGA. And um, and then in the pandemic, like in 2020, that's when I started, I, I founded the Chicago Graphic Design Club. And our goal is really to create a space of where where people feel like they belong, um, a space that offers people the opportunity to engage in a variety of different topics, whether it's, you know, talking about design and social justice, talking about the craft of typography, 
talking about things like technology and trends, uh, doing, doing, doing studio tours, going on field trips, things like that. So my brain is just always thinking about like, what could we do to support people? So from your point of view, because I know that you've been involved with AIGA Chicago as a mentor, you've also been involved with the Society of Typographic Arts. What are some of the things that you see today um, that you feel like are needed in, in our community? I mean, um, I think, how do you, how do you bring the, um, the, how do I say this? It's like the opportunity or the understanding or the, I don't know, the practice of, of design to, to places where in Chicago specifically, where there may not be a lot of access to it. Right. Like, how do you bring how do you bring this um, thing that, you know, we all love so much, but like, how do you I don't know, how do you how do you bring it to neighborhoods that don't have a ton of exposure to it? How do you bring it to places where, um, you know, there's real there's real issues um, in Chicago? And like, how do you expose people to possibility of doing this type of work and having a voice in this in this work um, and in in the industry that we're in? And being able to bring their perspective to it, um, as opposed to, you know, uh, you know, sometimes I feel like it can be, um, you know, a lot of us, you know, can, you know, sometimes forget that, uh, you know, we live in a in a city that has so much to offer, but it also has, uh, um, I don't know, can also be really hard for people. And so, how do we, how do, how do we be a bit more? I don't know how do we how do we be a bit more empathetic and um, to that and really try mm-hmm. to understand how we can change how we can maybe change I don't know the way somebody sees something and yeah you know I think I think about like a creative person that doesn't have the tools or doesn't have the money or doesn't have the yeah you know the exposure or doesn't have any of that stuff mm-hmm. and you know there's what you know what opportunity exists for them like how can we bring that out more to those folks. And being able to allow them to participate uh, in a way yeah. um, in this, you know, and not and make that barrier of entry really, yeah. really low. You know, that, you know, yeah, that makes sense. What, what I'm hearing you say is like, how do we, how could we position design within the context of like the actual city of Chicago rather than just, you know, look at it as like this singular thing that exists in some abstract space, but how do we bring that awareness of where practitioners in Chicago and how could we because because actually when we when we did our first event which was in May of 2020 we had a book discussion and the what I, what I try to do is I mean there there's so many different book clubs in the city um and I wanted to try out something a little bit differently which was how could we make the practices that this book is talking about applicable to the issues that we're facing in the city. Mm-hmm. So I think it's almost like you're you're putting on like your design glasses and looking at the world as like, you know, what are the opportunities? Like where could design fit into like solve problems? And I think that's that's something that we're currently trying to do. Um but it's not easy. <laughs> no, no, it's not at all. No. And I think I and I and I think, yeah, and I think if it was easy, then we wouldn't be, you know, talking about this specific but, thing but like how do you but how do you like i think um you know when we did the mentor program for aiga which was which was cool it's like i feel like that was more i was more proactive of them going out and saying hey we're doing this and we want people to participate and yeah. let's let's go out and be proactive like not you know don't just come to us like we're gonna go actually make this yeah. something and i think that's like i think that's part of it it's like it's like a proactivity of really being able to be specific yeah. of like, we're going to do this mentoring. We're going to try to go out and create a space that's safe for folks. We're going to try to expose people to this stuff and other people within the industry to help them along their journey. Like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of it is proactivity and being able mm-hmm. to really take action and go out there and do it. And yeah, it's not easy. Right. But it's, yeah. it's, it's something that is, I think really important mm-hmm. because I think for me, like I think about me growing up and I think about, you know, uh, and maybe this is self-reflective, right? It's like, I didn't have a lot of exposure to that stuff. I didn't have yeah. the means to get those things. Like I didn't, 
all that stuff. And so for me, it's like, if I had exposure to those things or met those people or knew of a place that I could feel like at home, which I feel like the Chicago graphic design club is that way. It feels mm-hmm. very low barrier of entry and it feels mm-hmm. very, um, uh, connected and I can reach out to anybody there and not feel like odd about it. Like, I think it's one of those things that you guys have a really good, um, energy about that. I think a lot of that has to do with the way that you bring kind of your perspective to this and kind of that, that, that feel of what this is. So I think like, to me, I think that's really important. Like, how do you, I don't know, how do you bring that out further out to folks and like get more people involved and go to other neighborhoods within Chicago and bring things to other places. So I don't know, you can have exposure to it and you can see the other sides of, of the city and things that people experience and how that may influence the things that we do too, you know? Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think that's that now, now that the, that the city is, it almost, it almost, I mean, it almost feels like it's post COVID, even though currently we're in June and I know cases are still, yeah, people are getting it and stuff, but that's something that we're definitely looking forward to do is like, how do we actually get people like in a room together and actually talk about like these very things that we're just, we're discussing right now. So, yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, we're excited about that. Um, so I guess before we wrap up, um, what are you up to today? Like, what are, what are some of the things that you've been doing lately? And if someone wants to get in touch with you, if someone wants to reach out, it's like, how do, how do people find you? What are you doing today? What's the latest? Hmm. So you mean work-wise or just like in general? With just, life? just in general, just in life in general, any cool projects going on? Uh, any new things you've been doing, you know? Uh, yeah, I think, um, man. So I'm, uh, currently working on a project for, uh, a company called Lakeshore Recycling. They're here in Chicago and they're one of the largest recycling companies in the, in the Midwest. Um, I'm doing all of their art and photography for their new corporate office in Rosemont. So that's been keeping me pretty busy, but it's been really cool. Um, you know, uh, working with them, they've been awesome. And, it's been a really interesting experience. Um, but it's definitely been my nights and weekends. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it's been the past, you know, many months of just nights and weekend working um, to get that stuff done. But, you know, I love it. And then I think just in general, um, within life, I think part of it is I'm really trying to, I, I don't know, be, I think with a lot of things that have happened in the world in the past few years, of course, um, you know, have really been pretty eye opening. And I think, uh, at least for me, it's been really self reflective. And I think for a lot of people, and I think a, a lot of it is, really trying to like slow down mm-hmm. a bit and um, really try to, uh, you know, live in the moment a bit more and not worry, try not to worry about so much uh, in some ways, uh, things that I can't control of that nature. Mm-hmm. So I'm really trying to practice like mindfulness and, um, you know, really being um, present in a lot of ways. I have two kids and, you know, I'm always trying to be there with them and do the things that I think I work from home now which is amazing. Uh, fully we made that transition and it's been, it's been awesome. So I feel like, you know, really trying to like do artwork when I can, uh, you know, work at, you know, work, uh, being a, you know, a design director and really enjoying that and the team and growing that team, being a part of that group has been fantastic. And then just really trying to be a good dad and like a husband, you know, like just being a good person. So I think trying to like, those are the kind of things that are gone on, but like not to put too much pressure on myself to like, master any of that stuff but just like really just enjoy being alive and present with people that i like to be around you know i don't know yeah. that's kind of what's happening right now it's kind of the mental state i'm in i like that and i and i and i and i, and I think it's it's very um visible as like a outsider looking in is that you you don't like for instance like on your instagram like you're not the kind of person that's posting all the time i think you have you do you do a good job at like setting those boundaries of like I don't know. Like I, I respect that about you. And I think it's something that um, I always like every time I see someone like, for instance, like on social media or like an artist or someone that's like just doing it like literally from, from morning to nighttime, like just doing it nonstop. Like, I don't know, like, I, I don't know how sustainable that is. Um, and I think what I appreciate about you is that like every now and then, like you come out with like a new collection and you'll like text me pictures of like things that you're working on but it's, but, but, but I feel like it's coming from a place of, of, I don't know, like 
well-being because I know that you're because we've had this conversation before and I know you you really you like mental health uh work-life yeah, totally. balance like those those things are really really important to you so it almost makes me like appreciate your work even more because I know that they're coming from a space of like you know hopefully like you know Nick is doing well and and this work that he's creating comes from a place of wellness if that makes if that makes sense yeah yeah I mean it's like for me it's 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 like it's like you know it's like art therapy right exactly uh, yeah and yeah and it, you're totally right and like i send that stuff to you because um i'm generally want like interested in what you have to say about it you know and i want to hear and have a conversation with you about it to like understand mm-hmm. like i don't i don't i don't know like the i see what you're saying about social media like it can be very exhausting um yeah. and it's almost like it just kind of kind of wears you down um yeah. in a lot of ways and that reality is not that really that it's not really a reality in mm-hmm. a lot of ways right um but yeah man i mean i mean there's days where i mean like you said mental health and and um you know creating boundaries and you know uh, uh, kind of being mindful of things like that's huge for me and i think that's part of you know i don't i mean there's days that i'm like sucks you know i gotta like you know this day sucks and i gotta like pull my pull my ass out of whatever (laughs) hole i'm in you know to like focus right and and then there's other days where i'm feeling great you know but i think it's, it's really, I think that's really been a battle for me for so many years. Like, I think really trying to find that balance and really trying to keep that balance mentally has been really, really um, a journey for me for sure. As it has for many people. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think to your point, like for me now, it's not about creating for likes or creating for any of the other stuff. It's really about creating to, I don't know, to make me feel good and to um, express something and to really I don't know, man, to really like work with others and feed off other people's energy to yeah. make cool stuff. So one last question, well, two last questions. The first one is not design related. Um, what is your favorite place in Chicago? Where do you, where do you like to to spend your time? What do you, what, what's, yeah, just curious about that. Something that we ask all our guests is that question. What's, what's your favorite place in Chicago? I would say for me right now, I, I live in the Portage Park neighborhood. Mm-hmm. and Portage Park is a beautiful park and I love going there um and just taking walks and taking phone calls and just watching a baseball game like I mean there's so much that goes on there it's really cool and so mm-hmm. for me it's just like a great place just to relax and you know there's like nature in the middle of the city in, in a lot of ways right and so that to me like helps me just kind of decompress so I, I really like Portage Park a lot and it's one of those places that um you know I've fallen in love with over these past few years Mm-hmm. Okay. And then final question is if you could say anything, any words of inspiration, affirmation, anything to younger Nick, uh, what would those oh, words no. be? <laughs> oh man. Oh, and, and, and we could go back to um when you graduated from college. So yeah. so yeah, 20 years ago. What would you what would Nick today say to Nick then? That's a hard question for me, man, because like, I think, um, part of it is like, I don't, I don't really like look, I don't look back that way. Sometimes okay. I don't, I know. It's like, I was just kind of like, I'm like, it was what it was. And I kind of moved forward. I know I'm not playing the game. I know yeah. it's like I should play the game, but, um, I think maybe it's more of like, um, looking back on that, it's more of like, don't, don't take things so seriously in some ways. You know what I mean? Like there's things you cannot, I think, I think a big part of ages, like there's things like I know. I cannot control, but I think I always tried to control them. So maybe that drove me freaking insane. So I think part of it is like, you know, just it's okay. Like sometimes you can just like, don't take it so seriously. Sometimes take a step back and, you know, focus on what you can control. I know people say that a lot, but if you can really do that, I think um, it really teaches you a lot about how to balance your life and balance Mm -hmm. the things that are in it and focus on those things. And so I would, I would probably give that advice you know, to, to my younger self, if you will, just like, just chill out, dude. It'll all work out. Don't worry. It'll all work out. Awesome. It in some way, <laughs> in some way, in some way, shape or form. Like I'm a very, like, you know, I think you and I are similar to this way, Christian. Like we're very like, kind of like, um, I don't know, like Taoist in some way. Yeah. Right? It's like, you know, some, you know, there's certain energy begets other energy and pushes other energy. And it's kind of like this flow of things mm-hmm. that happen in your life. And like, you know, you gotta, you kind of gotta, you got to move to make things happen, but also realize that there's that balance of, you know, take, 
take it easy too, because otherwise you're going to bring yourself out. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you so much, Nick. Thanks everyone for listening. Um, I will include links to um, Nick's profile, website, Instagram, all that good stuff in the description of this episode. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Nick. This was great. And I'm so glad that we finally got to do this. I know this is something that, um, I think I, I talked to you about doing, I think it was, I don't know if you remember this, but I think I was talking to you about this interview maybe three years ago. <laughs> so I remember yeah. we were having lunch and, uh, and it finally happened. So hey, it finally happened. It's <laughs> not like we don't hang out a lot, but hey, you know, <laughs> and we finally did it. <laughs> no, this has been great, Christian. Thank you. Uh, right. a lot. Uh, I appreciate it, man. Uh, so thanks. Cool. Awesome.